0: All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor. Member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC.
1: And welcome to Invest Wisely. The expert is Walt Sukerup. He is the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors, based at the Fairlawn West office of the R.W. Baird Company at 3560 West Market Street here in town. If you'd like to have any questions this hour about the market, about how our Akron Wealth Advisors invest their clients' money in individually-owned stocks in portfolios they custom design for each client. Give us a call, 330-673-1234, of set of Akron, get on WNIR.com, 800-669-4100. Well, Walt, getting right back into it, another bad week uh, for the market, uh, the tech stocks again, a lot of people taking profits, and a, a kind of a, kind of a, a beat-up week for those tech stocks. And so what else happened last week, and, and why do you think it's happening?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Bob. Well, I heard you mention uh, just a few minutes ago that it is the kickoff uh, to the NFL football season today, and you got the Cleveland Browns playing the Baltimore Ravens, and over at our Washington, PA location, we got the Steelers getting ready to play the Giants later today. And you know, football does signal a little bit, hopefully, of a return to some normalcy. Um, I, I think the interesting thing about football, from our perspective, it, uh, Analogy we always use is, you know, to to be a really good football team, I think you have to have a really good offense, and you have to have a really good defense. And you know, for us, uh, you know, we participated a lot offensively uh, in the market this year, and and saw a good run up. And now, you know, you really got to start to you know get your defense ready if uh, if things continue to be volatile. Obviously, last week. Would have been another week to to have a little bit of a defensive posture. Uh, the the Dow Jones closed off 467 points last week, uh, down one point seven percent. Closed at 27,66564. uh year to date off about three point one percent. Uh, the NASDAQ was off 459 points last week, almost 4.1%, Bob. So, again, you, that NASDAQ, which had really powerful offense, again, last week, you know, we, we saw fall back. And, and, again, for the year, it's up about 21%. Uh, the S&P was off about 2.5% last week, and, and year-to-date, it's up 34 And those uh, Russell uh, 2000 stocks last week, uh, the smaller cap stocks, were off about 2.5%. And, again, year-to-date, still off about 10 Uh, percent. So, you know, we we look at, you know, what's happening, Bob, and and think about the big picture. Um, You know, as we talked about, uh, we were approaching an election pretty quickly here. Um, We have seen some recovery. You know, the labor markets look better. Uh, That unemployment rate, you know, is is closer to 8 percent, which is a lot better than what we were just, you know, a handful of months ago. Uh, we see uh, that the delay in Congress with another stimulus package is concerning. You know, this, this economy probably still needs some support. Um, we also see some, you know, global strengthening and recovery, not just here, but in other markets, which is good. You know, some economies starting to come back. And, uh, you know, there's still some risks. Uh, and the risks we talked about are, you know, the outbreak of the virus as we head into the fall. we got to continue to watch that. It's a second wave. Um, the transportation statistics, uh, you know, are still, they started to show some improvement, but they're starting to turn down a little bit again. Uh, people may be getting a little bit leery to travel again. And then, you know, we continue to watch that labor market as well. So lots to pay attention to, Bob, as we go into this uh, last quarter of the year.
1: Now, of course, the election is uh, the big deal in the last quarter of this year. Uh, last week, Walt, you said that you felt the day after the election was the number one threat to the stock market. Now, here we are a week later. Do you still feel that way? And again, tell our listeners why.
2: Absolutely, I do, Bob. I, I think not having a clear de- de- decision you know, coming out on November 3rd will be really detrimental to the stock market. I think the last thing we need is more uncertainty, um, the potential for more uh, social unrest, um, you know, a, a country that's been divided, uh, you know, it's, it's really one of the things that we'll pay attention to, and we hope that that doesn't happen. Um, uh, but with all the mail-in ballots and everything that's going on, I mean, I, that fear, you know, nothing this week made me feel, or feel any better about that. Um, you know, that could be a very contested election uh, come November 4th.
1: Now, of course, we do have historical precedent for that. Twenty years ago, election 2000, we had, again, did not know the day after who the victor was. That was the hanging Chad election where they had to go through Florida end up going to the Supreme Court and getting recounts. What was historically, what happened back then in 2000? What happened to the market then?
2: Uh, The market did fall a little bit, Bob, but I I think the big thing we just said, you know, there wasn't all this social unrest and all the the, the heated, I think, uh, anxiety around the election. Um, And I think, you know, uh, Gore at that point was very gracious uh, in stepping back and and turning the election uh, over to the other party. I don't think we're going to have it this time. I think if it's contested, it's going to be ugly and it's going to be contested for quite some time.
1: Now again, not getting political on the show, but just in general, uh, the market over the over the, its history, does it perform better under a Republican White House or a Democrat White House?
2: Well, you know, it's funny, Bob. The, the politics are really overrated by Wall Street. I think we we spend way too much time uh, really worrying about it. Uh, you know, bull and bear markets really come and go, and. I think they're much more driven by business cycles than by presidents. But uh, you know, if you really look at it, I mean, if you look at history, the markets actually perform better under Democrats. Uh, Democrats have uh, about a 10.6% uh, return compared with 4.8% for Republicans. Um, the, the number one president going back in history was uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, the S&P returned about 210% uh, from 1993 to 2001. Uh, Barack Obama was at 182% from 2009 to 2017. Uh, Eisenhower, who was a Republican, from 53 to 61, there was a 129% return. And obviously Reagan, from 81 to 89, there was a 117% return. But, it, you know, really, it, 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 it's a mixed case, Bob, and I, I think it really gets more back down to business and business cycles.
1: Well, well, let's get back down to business and talk about the things that really affect the market. You talk about valuations. You're concerned about that now. And you often speak about price and valuation uh, being related but actually different from each other. So where do valuations stand today? What could make these valuations look more attractive?
2: Yeah, Bob, I mean, valuations are tough, and, and they're high, and, and we know that. And there's really no place to hide. You know, we, we've seen a lot of these stocks power higher Um, on earnings uh, that are suspect. You know, again, the tech stocks, the reason they've done so well this year is a lot of their earnings have been growing rapidly, and uh, that makes the the story a little easier to believe. But a lot of stocks have held in, even though, you know, earnings are are quite, you know, cut from where they were a year prior. Uh, So we see, uh, you know, a P based on earnings, based on revenue, based on cash flow, based on a lot of the metrics that we use, Uh, historically high valuations, you know, just looking at price-to-earnings ratios, forward uh, earnings, we're at 21.6 still. Uh, The 25-year average is 16.4. So again, we're significantly high. And uh, the only thing that can make valuations go lower is either lower prices or higher earnings. So I think the market's banking on higher earnings. The, The market's banking on a recovery in 2021. For a lot of these companies to come back that have been struggling, and that could that could help valuations look a lot better next year. So, uh, but that has to happen. Else, we we do have really high valuations and subject to probably some downturn.
1: Once again, we're talking to Walt Sekira, who's the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors in Fairlawn. If you'd like to call and talk to Walt about any specific stocks that you're interested in or how they invest their clients' money in individual stocks, we got our Stock Talk segment. Can uh, open that up for you at 673 1234. And again, if you're calling outside of Akron, anywhere, including on WNIR.com. Call us toll-free at 800-669-4100. Now, Walt, you do a lot of extensive research, and you look into facts and figures that uh, could, uh, again, affect consumer behavior, the societal changes that can affect consumer behavior. There's a trend that uh, you have uh, pointed out that is quite interesting, and that's the amount of young adults, 18 to 34, who are moving back in with their parents. In fact, you have here that the, right now the first time ever the majority of 18 to 34-year-olds are still living at home with Ma and and paw, according to Pew Research, what 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 does that mean to uh again consumer behavior in the future of the market?
2: Yeah, Bob, it, it just shows how different this world is. I mean, we're at fifty two percent of that uh, demographic uh, being at home, and you have to go back to the nineteen forties. One forty eight percent of that group, the eighteen to thirty four year olds, lived at home. Uh, so you know, you you think of things like spending and. Um, You know, just how it affects the home and, uh, you know, what people need to do for peace of mind and uh, eating behavior, consumption patterns. I mean, there's so many things that are affected, uh, you know, by this type of uh, demographic to change. Um, I I know, you know, I have um, uh, four children and and that age group, and um, they're all out of the house and uh, I'm thankful. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) got almost all of them off payroll. But, you know, I I can just imagine what my home would be like if they all came back and uh, how different things would be and and how that would change a lot of things about how we live and how we spend money. And uh, so it's it's something that's definitely impacting our society, and it's something we pay attention to from an investment perspective because a lot of times we can pick up trends on maybe how to position money to uh, take advantage of that.
1: Because yeah, essentially that means there are fewer households in the economy, which means that with fewer households, there aren't enough uh, people buying as many you know, white goods or appliances or uh, things that usually, you know, uh, put into a regular apartment or household when somebody moves out. If they're living at home, they don't have to buy those things. So right away I see an immediate impact on the uh, makers of a, of a so-called white goods.
2: Yeah, Absolutely, Bob. I mean, things like, um, we. I just saw another statistic this week that vaping, Uh, Had declined very quickly, you know, the smoking, the vaping that uh, a lot of those uh, age group does. It's down about 8%. You know, I'm sure alcohol consumption, you know, different type of food items that will be purchased. You know, it's a lot different when you're living by yourself out in a college campus versus living with mom and dad as to how you'd spend that money that they, they send to you.
1: Again, we're talking about stocks. Shifting over to Stock Talk with Walt Secura. If you have any questions, once again, about individual stocks or or the market itself, uh, ask. He has a lot of input into this. He has a lot of years that he spent watching the market and does a very good job for his clients. 330-673-1234, 800-669-4100, including on WNIR.com. Okay, stocks. AstraZeneca, one of the big European pharmaceutical companies, reported they had to stop their trial for a COVID-19 vaccine because of some unfortunate uh, problems in uh, side effects. What does this mean for that company and any other companies that are racing for this uh, vaccine?
2: Yeah, Bob, I think for AstraZeneca, it's really, it's not a huge deal, Um, you know, but it is a huge deal for our hopes. And I think, you know, of a vaccine and how quick it'll come, I think, you know, AstraZeneca was a leader, and it just shows how quickly, you know, uh, those those hopes and dreams of a quick vaccine that would be effective uh, could be dashed. You know, I mean, one uh, participant who, who came down with a side effect and they had to pull uh, the study for a period of time and find out why. And uh, you know, we might see more of that. So uh, this week we do have two other companies that will report: um, Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, two different companies, for sure. You know, Pfizer's a very large company, you know, and, and Moderna's very, you know, much smaller. But they're both having investors' meetings this week. I'm sure that'll be one of the topics of discussion is the progress on the COVID-19 vaccine. And hopefully we'll get some good news because, again, a lot of those uh, hopes and expectations of an improving economy probably come uh, with the idea of a vaccine and some treatments for COVID, uh, you know, coming to the market.
1: Last week, Apple, along with other tech stocks, showed a, a decrease of 7.5% in valuation for the week. However, Apple will be in the news this week, and what are they going to be talking about, and might, how might that help their shares uh, gain more of that back?
2: Well, Tuesday, Bob, they're having a big product launch uh, online uh, for their Apple Watch 6. And what's significant about this watch is it's really their continued movement towards healthcare? Um, this watch supposedly will be able to track blood oxygen levels, um, detect our sleep, you know, pattern uh, trackings, uh, as well as some other things. And uh, these wearable devices are a big thing for technology. Um, you know, for Apple, it's a, it's a very important product, and I think it's a very important market, you know, when you think about how they might tie that watch to healthcare companies, insurers, uh, you know, the ability to get lower insurance over time, depending on, you know, the monitoring of vitals and things of that nature. So it'll be very interesting to see that watch, the development, where they've come, and, uh, you know, what the future may hold for that wearable type of device.
1: And that'll happen with this week, is it, on Tuesday?
2: Tuesday, yep, yeah, it'll be online on Tuesday.
1: Another company, Chewy.com, They're one of the stocks in your small-to-mid-cap portfolio, had their expectations beat last week in their earnings, although the stock fell nearly 12% for the week. Uh, Chewy.com, now I know what this is because my wife and, uh, uses it for our, our pet, uh, but you better tell the rest of the folks what Chewy.com is, and do you still find that stock attractive?
0: Yeah,
2: Chewy is an online uh, destination for for pets. For supplies, for food, for veterinarian products for their pets, um, uh, just a whole array of offerings, and uh, they've had incredible momentum. Uh, they're moving towards six billion dollars in revenue now. Uh, they're the largest uh, pet e-commerce retailer, and uh, doing an amazing job competing against Amazon in this in this uh, kind of niche uh, part of the market. And uh, their earning their revenues were great. You know, their revenues were up forty seven percent again. Um, 1.6 billion versus 1.1 billion the year prior. A lot of analysts are starting to feel that they've reached uh, maybe you know a high point for them, and that's probably why the stock traded off a little bit. But the momentum surely seems here, Bob. For us, uh, we're, we're not afraid to be a long-term holder here. Uh, we we like the pet industry. We like the dynamics and the growth of pets. Uh, you know, going back to that trend, the millennials. You know. 35% of that 18 to 34 group uh, are pet owners. That's the highest. Baby boomers are only 27%. So we see a lot of younger people buying pets, um, and if they're at home, they probably will buy them and have mom and dad help take care of them. So, again, that plays into one of those trends we talked about a little bit earlier, tying it back. But uh, True.com is a company in that small mid-cap portfolio, and one will continue to hold, and, and we like it for the longer term.
1: Another stock that uh, you uh, you call a COVID-19 darling stock is a company called Peloton Interactive. They are exceeding their forecast at this uh, point. Now, you don't currently own the stock, but maybe you could tell us about Peloton Interactive and if it's becoming more intriguing to you as a potential investment for your clients.
2: It really is, Bob. They're proving a lot. And um, you know, I've always liked this industry. I think um working out at home is, is always there's been a lot of successful products over the years, but I think the subscription based model that they're running under and the fact that, you know, you can have those online workouts uh on your, you know, bike or your treadmill is very intriguing. Uh they blew earnings out of the water. I mean it's uh you know, sales were up six hundred and seven million over two twenty three, one hundred and seventy two percent increase in revenue growth. Uh, earnings were at twenty seven cents, uh, where last year they didn't even have earnings. Uh, so this is a company that's sitting on all cylinders, and there's a big backlog for their products. Um, it's it's a high price treadmill. It's a high price bike, Bob, but it's a low price luxury. And I think today with people having, you know, if you're staying home and you're not spending as much going out and doing things, um, you're worried about your health and you want to keep moving, this will be probably a company that has some momentum to it going forward. So it's one we're paying really close attention to. I kind of wanted to see another quarter or two, but, uh, you know, I I really like the trends here, and it's one that definitely has my attention.
1: Now, where would Peloton fit into your your portfolio? Is that a small mid-camp stock?
2: Yeah, it would fit into the small mid-cap portfolio at this point, Bob.
1: Now, again, we're talking to Walt Sekira. Walt Sekira is the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors in Fairlawn at 3560 West Market Street. They're affiliated with the Robert W. Baird Company. Uh, of course, the Baird Private Wealth Management Company it gives them a lot of uh, access to things like uh, asset management, investment banking. You can do private equity services. They have offices all throughout the U.S. and Europe and Asia. Of course, Walt is based in Fairlawn. He also has a uh, co-, co colleague based in Washington, Pennsylvania. They can do financial planning, retirement planning. They can review your estate plan, tax reviews. They can do the RMD and the IRA illustrations, the Roth conversion analyses, Social Security analyses, stock options analyses, transaction tax analyses. They do all this for their clients and anybody who would like to give them a call at their local number, 234-466-7476. And, of course, we're coming on the the first anniversary of your full team being, a, a, being affiliated with the RW Baird company. So you've been working with Baird for a year. And maybe we should tell folks again who R. W. Baird is, and and some uh, facts about them that folks might want to know about.
2: Absolutely, Bob. Yeah, Baird is located out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, they were founded back in 1919. Last year, still celebrated their 100 year uh, anniversary. Uh, they have about 305 billion dollars in assets and client accounts. Uh, 4,600 employees, uh, with you know, as you said, a global perspective. Um, and again, just a lot of real great intellectual intelligence throughout the organization. A lot of professionals that we can call on. Um, excited to be a part of the firm, Bob. And you know, I, I we're constantly amazed every day, myself and my team here, that you know just the culture and uh, the way that we can call and get things done for clients, and how helpful, even in this COVID nineteen world. Uh, people being available. Uh, A lot of our employees, you know, are working at home, um, but finding ways to get things done and still providing top-notch service. So uh, we've been very happy with the transition, and, you know, we continue to uh, hope for good things in the future.
1: Now, uh, Baird Company, for a generation now, they've been on the Fortune 100 Best Companies to Work For list. This year, they're in the top 25 at uh, number 13. Now, you talked about that, that Baird culture. How important is that to... Today's world, and again, how does that translate to how you talk, take care of your clients?
2: But I think culture is everything. You know, I think attitude uh, in today's world, and you know, positivity, and, and you know, putting putting things first like clients. Um, Barrett has six core values that they talk about. Uh, they talk about clients come first. Uh, they talk about integrity, uh, being irreplaceable. Uh, they talked about quality as the measure of success. The best financial advice is a result of expertise and teamwork. And in our industry, Bob, really, if you look back in history, it was driven by a bunch of individuals. You know, Uh, I remember when I started, it was always the top producing broker or the top guy in the office. And but we don't believe that anymore. You know, I want to build a team where every person on that team is as strong as me. I believe that you know you're only as good as your weakest link when you're working with a team. So, I think Baird's culture has changed, and it's different than the normal brokerage mentality. Um, You know how success is measured is important, and I think also they really balance. uh, They they encourage people to have a balanced life. You know they're not asking people to work uh, their entire life. You know, away that um, there has to be some balance and. We know that when you have happy employees and they have some kind of work-life balance, that they're going to perform harder, they're going to stay longer, and you know they're going to love the culture that they work in. And I think Baird does all those things. You know, having taught for many, many years at university level, you know, I was aware of Baird being on this list, and you know, I always told my students to go look at those top 100 companies to work for. They're on that list for a reason. And uh, again, really proud and happy to be a part of it. And I and I see that culture every day here at Baird.
1: Of course, as we said, Akron Wealth Advisors, you and your team, you, you're not just a, again, not all just a stock brokerage firm. Not only do you, you work it with the market and you can have these portfolios of, of individually owned stocks for your clients, but you also give them advice in these many other areas like uh, like retirement planning, investment planning, to do something with a with a plan, not just to have a hit and miss uh, stock portfolio that you kind of throw together and say, okay, I'm going to work with this. All this has to work together in conjunction with some sort of a plan. That looks down the road at the future and at the goals of the client, and makes the necessary adjustments and gives the necessary advice. So that is just a lot more than just telling somebody, "Well, here are some hot stocks. Here's a hot stock portfolio. How much do you want?"
2: Exactly, Bob. Yeah, I mean, investments are important, and and I think a lot of investment firms got away from maybe, you know, making the, uh, the planning compartment even more important. I mean, I think they're balanced. It's, you have to have both. You know, you have to have great investments. Uh, you have to have a process and something you can believe in and put your money in because that drives the success over time. It's it's like a car, you know. You need all the good parts of the car, but and you need a, a plan on where that car is going to go, but you need a strong engine, and I think the investment managements are the engine. But as you said, you know, understanding what's important to clients, and every client's different, uh, customizing the plan, understanding the amount of risk uh, that somebody's willing to take, and uh, really being that uh, that advisor, you know, being there for somebody, having the tough discussions um, is really, really something that, you know, we pride ourselves on, you know. Uh, we don't try to be everybody's friend, um, you know, we try to be a really good advisor, and sometimes uh, you have to give tough advice, and uh, you know, I always tell people if you're if you're working with everybody in your life and they're just like you, you're probably not you know getting the most that you can. You know sometimes you you need somebody with a little bit different personality, uh, somebody that's a decision maker, somebody that can show you a different way. And uh, you know the benefit I have of working with a lot of successful people over the years is I can bring a lot of different perspective to the table. And uh, we try to do that for each client and make them the best they can be. and uh, try to help them and their their families get to those goals and objectives that are important to them.
1: Which also means that when you take on a client, it's not gonna, not a thing where somebody calls one day and the next day, you know, they're all set. You're going to sit down and make those people talk with you and try to learn about them. So it really is a process before you actually sit down to tell somebody, here's where you should put your money. There's going to be uh, several conversations, if not uh, uh, lengthy discussions about what they want, uh, what their goals are, what their concerns are, and, and uh, how you think they're going to react to those suggestions. Absolutely,
2: Bob. I mean, we we listen, and, you know, we have very defined processes here, though, and we have what we believe in uh, to be a very successful methodology. So, one thing we won't let clients do is drag us down different avenues that make us unfocused. You know, we we want to hear the importance of their plan and customize, but we want to drive them towards the things that we've learned over 30 years that are successful and work. And uh, so it's a it's a combination, you know, it's it's basically having strong beliefs and conviction and not being to, te- you know, afraid to tell somebody this is what we do here. Um, Some clients may not like that. You know, I sit with some prospects, and they say, well, you know, I want to do it different, and that's fine. Um, You know, so at the end of the day, yeah, we customize those plans and solutions, but we have to be on the same page. I always say that, you know, we look for clients that are good fits, you know, that that fit uh, not only culturally with us, but expectation-wise, but also, you know, we, we can get along and make sure that relationship can last for the long haul.
1: Once again, Walt Sakera is the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors in Fairlawn. Well, Walt, another week looms ahead of us, and uh, uh, it's hard to predict what's going to happen in the market this week. But what's coming up this week that you know about, and uh, what do you think investors should be focusing on?
2: Well, let's hope the Browns win and uh, uh, the Steelers win, right? <laughs> okay, well for that, and then uh, we'll we'll start looking again the week. We got a couple earnings reports. Um, uh, Adobe, uh, which is again a stock in our women's portfolio, uh, the software maker. They report uh, on Tuesday as well as FedEx. So we're getting a couple of those just reports at the end of the earnings season coming through. And then we have some government statistics to look at. Um, we have basically the import prices. We'll, we'll take a look at consumer spending. Uh, of course, we always pay attention to the labor reports and we got the University of Michigan's consumer, uh, consumer Sentiment Index coming out at the end of the week. And really big this week on Wednesday, the Federal uh, Open Market Committee will talk. Uh, Jerome Paul, Powell uh, will may probably do some more explanation of the new policy and how they're looking at inflation, and that will definitely have a little bit of impact on the markets and the bond market.
1: Once again, Walt Sokira, Akron Wealth Advisors. You can call them at 234-466-7476. That's 234 234- And talking to them are becoming one of their clients. They invest their clients' uh, monies in individually owned stocks in custom designed portfolios for each client plus all the other services we talked about that they can give you as a good financial office. Again, Akron Wealth Advisors. It's in Fairlawn, 3560 West Market Street. The local number 234-466-7476. They have a toll-free number too. 844-388-4953. Akron Wealth Advisors 234-466-7476. Tell him you heard him here on WNIR, Kent Akron. Walt Sequeira, have a great week and go Browns. Hey, you buff. Bob. During
2: today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Adobe Systems, Inc., symbol ADBE. Apple, Inc., symbol AAPL. Amazon.com, symbol AMZN. AstraZeneca, PLC, symbol AZN. FedEx Corporation, symbol FDX, Chewy Inc., symbol CHWI, Moderna Inc., symbol MRNA, Pfizer Inc., symbol PFE, and Peloton Interactive Inc., symbol PTON. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.